Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. NFL Week 4 starts tomorrow. A soup slate of games this week, starting with a huge tilt in the NFC on Thursday Night Football. But there's another very fun sporting event this weekend that uh, I look forward to every other year. Uh, And for that reason, we've reached out to maybe the man to follow and learn about how to handicap golf, how to play DFS golf. Welcome to the Deep Dive. I'm the Gup. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. I'm excited to be on and, and talk it up with you guys. Outstanding. The uh, if, For those of you listening, if you are not uh, a fault, fo- if you're not already following Gup, uh, Gup uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, Twitter handle is at I am the Gup, G-U-P. Um, you can also go to Gupscorner.com and, and all our all my content is there. The team is there. Uh, we launched the website almost exactly a year ago. So we're growing into the community and trying to grow the brand so you can check out everything there. I love it, man. Um, I've been following you now for going on two seasons of golf and I cannot endorse you more highly as kind of the premier expert for handicapping outrights in golf and, uh, and, by, you know, what, what's, what's the deal? Has DraftKings reached out to you to do the commercial with the giant check yet or what? I, I need them to I get all the DraftKings. Yeah, I'd love for them to partner. I need to get Mayo's with them now. I need to get on there. Um, it was an epic run this year. I mean, I definitely DraftKings. I mean, my bread and butter is is definitely betting, and and I'll stick to that because you never know with DraftKings. You could have a dry dry season. Um, I do feel like I've kind of got a niche in it now and and can do fairly well in the DraftKings setting. But betting is is my core. Um, it's what I built built the repetition on and then also what I grind on weekly. And then DraftKings just kind of plays into that and um, ran across a couple good. Uh, and I tell people last year, I paid a lot of tuition. People think I just walked into to six figure paydays on DraftKings golf. And that's not the case. I mean, I'd spent a lot of time donating money to other people and, and tweaking algorithms and getting to where I understood how to compete in that atmosphere where betting's, you know, it's different because you're going against the books and it's more about just handicapping just like you would football. But it's a unique sport where you have to know you're not going to hit every single time every two week and, and bankroll management gets strong, even stronger in golf, just just like any sport. But it definitely does in golf because it takes time to let those pay off. Totally makes sense. The um, what what is some of your uh, your most fond memories from the 2018 season? Because, I, you know, it, p- people listening may not understand like you hit some absolutely spectacular uh, prize pools on top of hitting some outrights that I yeah, was what, just blown what away was by. was better, outrights or DFS? I'm just going to guess DFS was better based on some of the results. But, I mean, was it? Or did, did you clean up on outrights and just, uh, you know, straight up sports betting more too? No. Well, I mean, sports betting was good. It was it was a kind of a little bit mixed from last year. Last year I hit – crazy outrights as well. Um, but I, I sucked at matchups. I, I, I think I broke, I mean, I finished 50% tile ish. Um, this year I tweaked a little bit how I did the matchups and, and started deep diving for some value. And golf is just such a, there's so many variables that go into the game. And if you play it, you know that, I mean, any day you can show up and shoot, you know, your career round or, or a hundred, uh, at least my games like that. And I, I had to start Those thinking like same- that, Yeah, you know, (laughs) you know, I had to start thinking like that 
I mean, it's different for pros, but but it's somewhat the same that their best game, obviously, you know, they can show up and shoot 65 or, you know, 72. And so handicapping, it, it, I had to just kind of tweak my my vision of, you know, you have to play that and, and there's value out there. And, and obviously I have things behind the scenes that, that I use to, to try to find the value. And I lowered my volume a lot on matchups and it really paid off. I finished the season up over 100 units on matchups alone. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. And it, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Which helped um, hit some big outrights. Had a had a streak in there where I just I was so close so many times and it was frustrating. But then finished the season with a great you know hit 125 to one Keegan. Um, oh at the tour, man! You know, the week before the tour championship BMW. So that was that really helped get over the edge on, on the season. I've hit I think 22 outrights in the last two seasons. Uh, nine first round leaders and. You know, and that's that sounds great, and it is. It is tremendous. But you know, I tell people you got to think there's been sixty something tournaments, so one out of every three or four, and that's a that's a fantastic turn rate. But I I hope for one out of every six to eight tournaments is my goal. So if I do better than that, then you know. And the reason why I say that is I bankroll management. Well, shit, that's that. that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting one out of three then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, didn't, I didn't end up putting anything on the last one, but I, I had a I had a read ticket early in the year, and then the DraftKings British myself and didn't go well. Yeah, the DraftKings though was a uh, man. It I grinded last year, and I I made I think I hit one high four figure week, like eight nine thousand. Um, just bankrolled it into the next season. I started out the tournament of champions and I won like four events and I hit for like 22,000 and I was like, Oh man, this is great. And so I set up my bankroll off of that and just grinded through the season. Then I hit the summer and just had a historic June and July and, and cleared, you know, over 300 K in that six week stretch. Um, wow. Finished the last week. I, I won another big five figure payday. So it was definitely way more money in Jack things this year than, than betting, but, um, you know, it was a grind. It's a process. And I tell people, I literally, they, they all think like I've been playing thousands of weeks forever. And I was like, I wasn't like last week. I mean, last year I averaged, you know, six, 700 a week in golf and I would just, I'd lose, I'd lose, but I learn, I'd go back and study. I look at how the top players, what they did and, and I tweak and I, I, it's just tuition to me. And eventually I kind of caught on to my own thing and, kept building it and, and now it's kind of rolling that way, but it doesn't start, you know, by putting 10,000 in and just following picks and plays. I mean, there's a grind to it as well. Just like anything else we do. Uh, my favorite hit. I like the way was, I like the way you phrase the tuition. Yeah, that's good. Point. Like, I don't, I don't think really we've had good, anyone really say, it, say it that way. It, it's, it's, it's the it same is. thing with same thing You're with learning. sports betting, you know? Yep. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just how many, how many times when I first started sports betting, I did a lot of deposits. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. That was yes. that was just part of the deal. It's like, hey, I'm and gonna I, bet a shitload of parlays this Sunday. And I, I think at this point, I have a good enough following, and or we do as a team. But um, you know, the reason why I think most people kind of joined our brand and, and follow along is like I'm as transparent. Like, I mean, if I have a shit week, I show it, but I do it to educate people to say, hey, it's bad, but you know, I know through time if I you know, if I you know, regression to the mean, whatever you want to call it. If I stick to the process and bankroll management, um, it's going to pay out. So whether it's football betting, uh, golf betting, DK, I, I use the same principle. So in DK, I mean, this year I set up where at a five week turn. So I, I'd bankroll for five weeks and say, all right, if I have a thousand dollars, I'm going to spend 
200 a week. And I, I expect based on my performance, I'll hit one of those five weeks and just kind of roll it that way. And I try to speak to everybody's level. It doesn't matter if you're betting a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, it's still the same principle. And, and so I, that's really something that I believe in and that, that we try to build our brand upon to educate people, you know, teach them how to fish, right. Instead of just giving them, giving them everything. And, you know, and that, that's a big thing for us. Dude, it's so compatible with what we try to do on here. And I really, really love it. And the fact that you do all mm-hmm. this for free, by, I mean, it's such a, um, it's, it's such a, uh, a fresh, uh, you know, fresh air relative to some of the other stuff that goes on on Twitter. And, you know, the, the positive vibes that come along with all the work you put in and doing all of this to help people is not, is, does not go unnoticed. Then, uh, so for all that, uh, I really couldn't be more happy for all the success you found. Um, my favorite hit you had was last year at the PGA Championship. I think yeah. you had a Justin Thomas ticket from like what January, January. and you held on to that sucker for all of like yeah. eight months, and he finally gets a two-stroke win down in Quail Hollow. Was that pretty uh, outstanding feeling? Yeah, it was. A lot of people forgot about that one because people asked me about that last year. And I said, that's pro- I mean, it probably still is my biggest. I mean, to, to pick someone at 80 to one, especially that talent, um, which is why I bet in January. I was like, JT's like, really? He's the, and this is, yeah, go back to January of 17. JT wasn't what JT was now. And people, I was like, he's, ta- he, I, I thought and still do think he's more talented pound for pound than speed. And I was like, I'm getting him at 80 to one at a track that I think he can perform. And now the only reason why I was on that is because I try to kind of escape, you know, do a projection for the season and go here, who I think is going to win all the majors. And as I was doing that, I was like, hey, <laughs> okay, I like JT and 80 to one. That's stupid. I'll bet now that everything would come true. Maybe not, but man, it, when he did, I was, he actually liked my tweet, which I thought was cool that he did that. But you know, because I ta- I tagged him in it, and I was like, "I bet you in January <laughs> he liked it." So that was cool. It was a cool moment. That's awesome. That is unbelievable. Very very cool. You did. You had another cool moment this oh. year that I just wanted to bring up real quick before we start talking Ryder Cup. Uh, you got to do a bucket list of uh, I think all any of us who care about sports and care about golf. You went to Augusta uh, the first time there. It was my first time. Yes, sir. What'd you What'd you think? Man, it's just, and you hear from people that say you can't describe it, and you, and you really can't. Um, I was there with Bucks, one of my partners in, in Gup's Corner, and um, we played a course out north of actually East Lakes. It was north of that um, the day before. Then we drove in, and it just the efficient. And I'm a I'm a businessman as well in, in my real life, I guess you call it, and just the efficiency <laughs> of the of the park of the the restaurant. I mean, it's just a well-run machine that's like no other. So that, that grabbed me just, not just as much, obviously the course and the, the scenes is just amazing. And TV can't do any justice for it at all. Zero. Um, there's certain spots. Luckily we had a guy there that was a, a, one of the number one calorie reps in the country. And so he would show us some cool spots and you would just see the scenery and it's just breathtaking. Um, and we were there Thursday morning for the first round also. So we were, probably 20 feet away from Jack and them teeing off. And that was, I mean, there was, a, there was I mean, that was a moment. I never forget. Um, wow. And to have, and to have tiger get somewhat healthy at that time to be able to play and watch him was, was a treat as well. And even down to the pro shop, I mean, you go in there and, and we spent a ton of money and we bought some stuff for followers and listeners of our, our podcast. And you walk out the door and you turn to the left and you give them all their stuff and they bag it up and mail it for you. So you don't have to, carried around or none of that is yeah it's 
it's as perfect top, as it can top be. class and, top class experience yeah, on every level it's it's funny you, you know you say that like you can't describe it and i i know a I know a guy he's a pro he manages a couple courses here in town and he got a chance to go down it was the same thing he said andy if i had a hundred more people working for me and a hundred times the budget i still couldn't make a course look that nice he's like you just you can't describe it no not at all i mean it's definitely definitely bucket list kind of thing i mean you like go in the woods looking for a weed like you're trying to find one just to say you can find one and there's nothing i mean it's just perfect and the part that we were there so we were there wednesday thursday so we were there for the part three we didn't see Finau. we heard the Finau reaction when he kind of broke his ankle um but we were there when when jack's grandson hit the hole we were kind of off to the side when he hit the hole in one so we kind of got that and then we're kind of here the weird thing is is you're walking around you know nothing like you have no phones right no phones are allowed in case people don't realize that um there's there's the old school leaderboards like that's the weird like there could be a bomb coming and you have no clue you're just like in your own zone and it in this day and age that's unique because we all live by our phones we're we're checking draft kings we're checking i mean and, and you got to go we were there from <laughs> 6 30 in the morning and oh, so was thursday and you can't figure out i mean you're trying to guess man how's my draft kings yeah, I'd, I'd have no anxiety wondering yeah. about my draft kings exactly so it, it's a cool experience just to kind of take <laughs> the break the and math based on the leaderboard <laughs> yeah, but it, it was well, cool. Should we, well, just, should we dip just, into uh, yeah, the golf yeah. national real quick though. On that note, uh, does it make does that make like betting and matchups and outrights more fun and dramatic on Sunday when you're watching golf than DraftKings? Just because it's so difficult to keep track of all the moving parts, like on a, on a week to week basis. Yeah, just like you're sitting down on a Sunday yeah. tournament, you get a high, a more of a high out of just watching your outright cash than you would if you were kind of you know, watching a full field and trying to figure out if your eighth place player is going to get you enough points to get you into the pool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you hit, yeah, on a weekly basis, I d- definitely, I mean, cause it's just, if you don't play golf draft Kings, it, there's, and people come at me, but there is no sweat or no game. Like it, not football didn't even come close. Cause you have, it's four days. You have the cut. So you're trying to get six of six through. And then Sunday, I mean, I guys say, can, you find out a lot. You find out a lot on Friday when you, right. Yeah. There's a huge, way. you know, and then you get to Sunday and if you're in the, I mean, you can, li- I have buddies and I, I have two. I mean, I've been up 105,000 Sunday at two and walk away with like 800 bucks. I mean, it just swings, <laughs> you know, it swings that much. And that, so you almost like put the phone away and, you're like, forget it. I can't. But like, so interesting story on the, the, the first big six figure payday was I was down here in San Antonio. had just got the job offer that Saturday night um, to, for the relocation that I actually wound up taking, obviously. And we're driving back home Sunday morning. And and like, I just keep an eye on it because I was like top 10. I was like, man, I might actually make like a five figure day, maybe mid four. And my wife's like falling asleep and I'm driving and like my phone starts blowing up. I'm like, man, what's going on? And it's bucks, really. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, you're making a run. I was like, at what? He was like, I was like, top five. He's like, no, like you may win this. I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> and so then I start, I pull it up on the screen and I'm I'm live streaming and, and I'm trying to do it. Like you said, I'm trying to do the math in my head going, what do I need to happen in the next four holes? <laughs> and I thought I was dead. I was like, all right, the worst, the best I can do is third place. This, And then I forgot about the four round bonus. And then armor goes birdie par birdie or something like that. And all of a sudden I flip and on the last putt, on the last hole, 
I take the lead by two over over Justin, which is a great. He's a great golf um, player as well, and and boom, hundred thousand, and some other things oh. fell on it. Unreal next two hours driving home. It was just, you know, and we're we're very blessed, and we believe that me and my wife, and it, it was. It, I don't want to say emotional, but it was because it, you know, any for anybody, hundred thousand is life changing, and and yeah, we live so conservatively that 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 just and especially like we're under the stress of do we relocate our family do we you know this is a great job opportunity do we, do we want to move this far away and and then it just all was just kind of like a sign like everything's gonna be okay and we took the job and it's, <laughs> you know we put a lot down wow. on the house yeah it's been great it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun game i enjoy it um, i enjoy football football can be very frustrating um, it's much more of a long-term vision grind to me as far as DraftKings goes like i'm trying to hit four, maybe five times a whole season because that's the way I strategize and, and that it really puts a lot of pressure on being patient in, in football. That makes total sense. Okay. Well, let's talk some Ryder Cup real quick. Uh, Ryder oh. Cup is a uh, is an event that I've enjoyed for as long as I can remember loving golf. Um, and it happens every two years. They go back and forth between playing in Europe and the United States. Um, the pageantry, the patriotism, it's all very cool. Uh, United States finally, finally, took the cup back in 2016 after an extended uh, drought, uh, winning in uh, Andy's home state of Minnesota, uh, Hazeltine National Golf Club. Oh. Uh, they pulled off. It was and a if, fun. If you, did, a, if you didn't have fun watching that one. It was so Oh, fun. my Patty, God. Some of the Patrick, matchups. Patrick Reed. The back was, and forth. Oh, yeah. Oh my God! What was it? Was awesome. it was Patrick Reed and uh, Mick and um, Rory McIlroy, right? They were like chirping, yeah. and, and Peters played out of his mind that weekend, if I remember right. Anyway, that was it. Was a really uh, it was a really fun uh, showdown. United States prevails seventeen eleven. Um, this year, you know, back even though it, Europe, and, you know it's a huge competition, but you can tell they're you know even though they're chirping at each other, you can tell you know they respect each other, and they're still like they were having a lot of fun. Like it's just it's so much different than. You know, just whatever you want to call regular golf. I don't know if there's a yeah, word right. For that. It's uh, instead of every play, man for itself. It's like team. Yeah, you're so the, much the team spirit. Yeah. The team spirit and the patriotism is so real. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm a my, my background's football. I played college football. Um, so, so in that team game, but I, I was going to go even like I don't know, guys play like my local MGA. You know, we have club championships. We have FedEx Cup money. I mean, we have all that similar stuff, but our biggest event is what we are quote unquote Ryder cup or where, I mean, and it's similar. You just had, there's a, there's a, if you're a sports guy, your whole life, that pride factor you have in taking that team and winning. And I, I come from the football side and it's the same deal every week. And that's why the passion in football is you know, like no other for me, but that one time a year that they get to do this, I know they eat and breathe that. And, and, they, and then top it it's for their country right so there's a lot of the red white and blue and going and that when i mean anytime you have that going in your blood i just can't imagine and in football at least you get to release it right and there i yeah, mean you gotta yeah, still yeah. gotta you guys just try to play golf and calm down and so the emotions it's just it's so fun to watch and a little down this year that it's the awkward time of course i'll be i mean i'll start red bulling it about midnight and, uh, <laughs> and and watch it with the times i, I won't care but you know it, it with Tiger being there, it's going to be huge. Um, I, I can't wait for it. It's going to be it's going to be a great little release and just I'll, I'll have a few bets. I'm going to put my card out tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll get in a little bit, but um, definitely just want to enjoy it for for three days and and hopefully USA brings it home. I love it, man. Uh, yeah, that was that was going to be my next question. Do you, do you know? Do you do much for 
compared to a regular tournament or, you know, obviously I don't know how you rate, you know, a, a major compared to just the other tournaments as far as how much bankroll you're putting into play. But how does this compare being, you know, such a different one? It seems like there's a lot more props compared to any, you know, obviously there's not outrights. There's, there is some you know, top scorers or top overall U.S. score and thing, but. Yeah, it I seems like the options like here a, are quite a bit more limited. Yeah, I would compare it to like a light uh, Super Bowl prop card, right? So you're just trying to find a few things that if they hit, great. If not, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of movement coming on Europe today. USA is down to minus 113 when they, they've been as high as probably 140, 150, I think, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, there's some money and some action coming in on Euro. I don't think I'll bet that because there's just for this type of deal i'd rather go and go try to predict three or four of the scores that are going to pay anywhere from 10 to 1 to 50 to 1 and if it hits oh, it hits. yes yeah and uh, so and especially they have some sites you know they'll have like the first day score so i have the, some of those circled um you know just a, you know they can pay out a high return on a fun bet is how i would describe it perfect that is exactly sure. how i intend to play this as well uh, some more details. This is the first time it's being contest- contested in France. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't even know they knew what golf was in France, but apparently they do. Apparently there's a course. Uh, I know nothing about this course. Is this, uh, is this a course that makes it onto the European tour regularly? Have you ever heard of this Le, Le Golf National outside of Paris? Well, not till this year. So the Euro did have a tournament there this year, and it was during one of the minor, like I say, minor tournaments in U.S. But like I don't remember if it was John Deere or something like that. And and actually, a lot of these guys went over and played that week in Euro. So they do have like JT was over there, so they have some experience. They can at least come back and talk to the guys about how the course laid out and stuff. But it, it's a fairly new for everybody type deal. Okay, cool, cool. Um, any you know the the Europeans the you know, the rule of thumb, at least my adult life is that they win when it's in Europe, uh, is, is the, is the talent, uh, on the United States team, uh, great enough to overcome the home field advantage, so to speak. The talent is, I think this will come down to the locker room and I don't know where Furyk, if he, if he's calling the shots, I'm sure he's not the only one, but if they feel that they got to play, lefty and Bubba, which is also lefty. And some of these guys that I don't think is, is the right fit in this scenario, but they feel like they quote unquote have to play them. Um, they could hurt themselves, you know? So those guys made it I'm gra- uh, happy captain's picks, whatever. But y- if they put their aces out and they play them the right way, all four days, the USA wins going away. In, in my opinion, the, the, the card call, call it, you know, on paper, as people would say, USA stacked to beat them. Um, but if they throw Phil out there, three of the four, you know, scenarios, th- then that I think that's a weakness. So I'm really interested to see the strategy there, um, you know, and who the, how they team up the guys. They seem to be really, even going from the President's Cup to this year, you know, they've worked towards this. Um, Tiger's kind of taking Bryson in as a, as a little baby and holding him. And, <laughs> uh, so, so I think that should having, work out well. <laughs> yeah, having all the right pieces, I, I mean, I think they could – they, there is a potential for a USA blowout, and it'll be one of my props. But this could easily be a tie as well. But I, I don't see it being a Euro Euro walk away. I think Euro wins close all the way to USA blowouts, where I would see it. Okay, I love this. Um, 
it, does Furyk have kind of the respect of the USA team in the locker room to kind of? I do. I do. Uh, yeah, I hundred percent think he does. I okay. think. Okay. Unlike, so he, he, so yeah. he can get up there. He can get up there and be like, "Look, dudes, this is how it's going down," and they'll uh, they'll step in line and play for him. I think he does. I mean, a lot of guys will look to Tiger as well. Obviously, he was an assistant when he was crippled. Um, so, you know, he, he's a veteran of the room. He's a Peyton Manning playing for the Broncos type deal. Now, obviously, the unknown was that no one expected him to be in prime form coming into the Ryder Cup. Seriously. My goodness. <laughs> so now it's golfer like, in the universe. So he he's an ace out there now. And so that kind of changes a little bit. But I, I think they all respect Furyk ultimately to, to go with what he and, and Furyk's the kind of guy that's going to get enough input that he makes. He doesn't break up the locker room culture. I like that. Um, any uh, any particular. And, uh, and just to add, I, I think yeah, just to add, I think the Euros as well um, feel the same about about you know, Thomas. So I think the coaching deal is, is a, if we're doing the old NFL oh, okay, okay, okay. offense, offense, defense, special team coaching, I, I think they have respect for, for him as well. And so it, I think that's an equal, that, that's a great, it'll be a great chess match. Okay. Um, how much do you think uh, current form plays into how well these guys perform this week? Because what I remember from two years ago is that it was kind of, it kind of didn't matter. <laughs> like the guys that surprised and really shined, it felt more like they just kind of got into the moment more uh, and kind of, you know, so it makes it a little bit tougher to say, well, you know, Tiger Woods is on fire. Therefore he's going to be the top score for the U S uh, and I don't know. I kind of like Justin Thomas given, you know, the nugget you gave us that he came over and played this course already once this year. Uh, and you know, as talented as he is, uh, I'm kind of staring down that top U S score, Justin Thomas plus six forty. Uh, any way to handicap this market? Yeah. Um, de- definitely form. I think it could only hurt you. So if a guy was limping in, I may look at it, but just, you know, I think this is an event where you throw out, I mean, it, it, once, once it tees off Friday, all that's out the door. Um, I will say that, you know, there was some guys that, that showed up in great form two years ago and, and continue playing well that no one really, Thomas Peters was one. I think he swept, um, you know, and, and played really well, but yeah, he was the top scorer last time around. Correct. Um, I think JT definitely could be could be in that mix. Um, just because I think he'll play every every set. Uh, Tiger obviously right there at plus six fifty. Uh, JT, I mean, uh, Spieth might would be one that goes overlooked. I was hoping to get better than plus seven on him. Like I would, I would think they would have Reed even better than Spieth. The Spieth's a name that people know, but like his form may be one of the worst of the guys right now. He didn't even make the the Tour Championship, but yeah. this kind of event he can shine in because he can go low on a mini. I mean, this is an event where one hole doesn't kill you. Right. So a triple, whatever you pick up, walk away. Um, he puts the ball in place. So in the four ball, when he's got a partner, I think he's a great partner. I'm sure it'll be him and Reed just like it was two years ago. And they played excellent together. Uh, um, yes. I, I would not shy away from a motivated DJ um, in the DGAF mode to curb, curb, <laughs> To curb stomp and sweep everything he does this week. That's just kind of my one of my predictions. Ooh, I like that. Um, how about? Uh, I think I think that's why I like this event. The I do too. you know, like you said, you you hit a tri- you hit a triple. It is what it is. It's not like it's when we were talking before. It's man, when I do bet golf and I'll bet the majors at least, and it just feels like everything the whole week 
weekend. You're just on the razor's edge of of disaster. Maybe I'm just a fatalist, but it, I mean, just, <laughs> just one really bad hole. I mean, it's like what where was Sergio? It's like where Sergio hit like a 14 or I know it wasn't that big, but we're, we're fully. No, it, was. It. It, it, the, it was uh, close. It was uh, the 15th at uh, it was like a 13. day one. Yeah. It was uh, like a 13. He, he hit eight over. Yeah. I, think. I mean, uh, I mean, you, you, just one, one disaster like that. And it's like, well, just, you know, matchups dead outright dead first round re- leader dead. I mean, if you have anything on a guy and he has a, a nightmare hole, it's just toast. Where is it? This is just a little more forgiving, and maybe it's because like the way I play golf, I think I would this would work better for me. <laughs> you just you forget about that snowman, boomer bus. Yeah, you're boomer bus. The next tee shot. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, no, um, Okay, I like this. Uh, one last question about the particular players and and how they come into this. Uh, how important do you think experience is? Because we mentioned Justin Thomas already. He's this is his first ever uh, shot at this. Um, and I remember in years past experience being pretty important guys coming in in their first go around, um, not doing particularly well, but then come, you know, 2016, it was a totally different story. And some of the best performances were, uh, were guys who were, you know, breaking their maiden out there. Uh, you know, what is, how do you factor experience at all? No, I think it matters. Um, I, I'm pretty good friends with it, with a guy on tour, um, great talents, won a couple times. And, you know, he, he often tells me and has reminded me that, you know, on any given day, he, he, he always tells me this rule. And I always try to remember it when I'm handicapped and everything is you, you got to find the elite in a field and you, they're the elite. So in any, forget the form, forget the course history. If they're elite talent and you're talking about eight to 10 guys at most in the world, doesn't matter what's happening. They can show up and win or perform out, perform anybody else in the world. So the DJs, the JTs, the, you know, those kind of guys. And I try to remember that because this is for the most part, the elite of the world, you know, like a Webb Simpson. I, yeah, I don't know how he'll handle this. Um, yeah. Not elite in my mind had a tremendous year, obviously to earn it. He wasn't even on the radar going into the season. Um, putting lights out, playing well, so he's confident in his game. But does the, does this stage hurt him or not? I, I don't know. That'll be yet to be seen. Uh, you know, and you know, like Rom, Rom to me is a wild card here because talent wise, and and that you know that fire belly, he's got it. But sometimes that, hurt, <laughs> that sometimes that hurts him, right? And so, yeah. but in this kind of field, does he? I think what's key for him is who he gets paired up with, and, and if he can oh, have a okay. guy that can yin and yang him well, then then, then he's, he'll be fine because the blow up holes don't hurt him here, and he he is a prime on the Euro side. He's my the blow up holes don't hurt hurt him, right? So he can. He can go birdie, birdie, quad on PGA Tour, and you're like, mother. I mean, he just kills you, right? <laughs> yes. Here, here, birdie, birdie, quad, he's still two up. You know, so I like Rom on the Euro side this week a lot. Yeah, he wiped out a nice put, uh, put four him figure payday. From his the, uh, US Open, not a little older. Yep. yep. Good call. Good call. Good call. Uh, let's talk predictions then. So, uh, Andy, what do you got? Oh, I, I think, yeah, I was going to say, like, just looking at what five dimes offers, like, you know, obviously usually when we bet golf, I'll pick some outrights that I think will do well on that course. And this is a whole different beast. Kind of like Gup said, it's going to probably be some, some plus money, fun, long shot props. Maybe not the longest of shots, but possibly some alternate U S Ryder cup points, um, spreads, U S minus three and a half minus four and a half. 
at plus 200 plus 290 you know like we, we like we do with an over in the nfl let's do some alternate alternate totals like that maybe some exact scores here i haven't uh I haven't really done much for research. I've been working on the NFL all week and even that sure. I haven't placed that many bets. So probably going to be just some of those alternate fun ones like that. Um, is there a hole in one prop or not? Oh yes, there, oh, is. there is. Oh yes, there is. Oh, is somebody who is, Oh geez. It's very price prohibitive. It, it, it might sure just is. have to be a fun little 20 bucks on the over one, because I, I don't know if I should put my undefeated hole in one bet record on the line for this <laughs> match. You're not going to parlay uh, no hole in one with uh, Patriots winning, uh, and uh, I'm sure who's the other one? Uh, yeah, get like a Chargers, Pats, um, Packers, no hole in one parlay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without, without spoiling getting into the NFL, I don't know if I'm going to be parlaying the Pats with much now. Ooh, interesting. Okay, uh, Ooh. let's. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess uh, you, you, gup, you gup, said you're yeah, going to put gup. a card out on Twitter yet. Yeah, what do yeah, you got for yeah. something what are you, fun? What are you, what are you looking at? Um, yeah, so I definitely, you know, one thing I've circled and it's a lower pay. It's more like betting a, a matchup or something. Will be, I'll have the USA day one winner, which will be plus one hundred, um, is where it's at right now. Nice. Um, I have the day the day one score. I have I'll probably have a small on USA six six to two or USA five to three. They pay out eleven to one and then plus five fifty. Oh, and then nice. So both those are plus. I, I think USA wins. And um so if you equal bet those, I think you'll come out ahead. And then I I will have a bet on USA nineteen to nine, pays fifty to one, USA sixteen to twelve, which is ten to one. And then USA fifteen to thirteen, which is eight to one, will probably probably be my three that I do, and I may throw in a tie if I go four, but I kind of had to see, see how the card comes together to make sure I keep my bankroll management in in play there. Just I want it to be fun. I'm not going to put a lot out there, but I definitely will take some stabs. Um, I already mentioned that I'm going to go top overall scorer JT at ten to one. Will definitely be one. I'll probably throw one or two more on tomorrow. It looks like DJ's nine to one. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, I love this. The uh, <laughs> all right, let's wrap up Ryder Cup. But uh, it would be remiss yeah. to it would be remiss to bring you on uh, oh. the uh, the the golf expert of Twitter. It'd be remiss to bring you on and not talk a little bit about 2019. Uh, they made some interesting rule changes. They're going to go with um, uh, kind of a front loaded schedule, moving the PGA Championship to May, so that we get four four majors in four months, which I absolutely love. I think this was a brilliant call. I don't know why they didn't do this years ago. Uh, and I already can't wait. Um, combine this with the fact that you have Tiger Woods back, uh, in best, you know, in, in form of his, you know, form of his last 10 years, kind of shape. Uh, and, uh, and you have a masters, uh, that looks, you know, right to be, you know, picked by Tiger's game. Combine that with us open at, at, uh, Pebble beach this year. Um, you know, what are some of your expectations as we head into 2019? Yeah, definitely, you know, having a little bit of insight, I know the players love the new commissioner and he's making changes, um, not only like this with the schedule. Um, I know he's he's probably, there, there are rumors that he is heavily going to be involved in the next TV deal, which I believe is up next year. It's up for negotiations. Um I think a lot of people think they're automatically tied to the golf channel. They are not. Um, I would I would assume they either broker a great deal with the golf channel 
or merge with the golf channel on some kind of PGA network type. Um, think WWE now I'm a big WWE fan, so I'm kind of nerding there, but um, that network type red zone green. I mean, I think, I think they're going to go big. They, they know they're missing a market with their boring, um, you know, similar broadcast that, yep. that they're in this day and age with DraftKings, with betting, with um, they, they have to up their game up to, to the NFL level and, I think they will. Now, I mean, PJ Tour Live is cool. Most people pay the 30 bucks a year and don't even think about it, but I think they can upgrade and they know that. So I'm excited about that. The schedule is just a tremendous improvement. Um, You know, they want to get done before NFL starts. The big law, as you mentioned, um, you know, from Augusta, there's a suit. I mean, there's so much hype in the air for Augusta. And this year will be like no other. You'll have, I'm going to presume Tiger, the, the, the favorite going in. And, and then you could let down. You're like, well, shit, now we got two and a half months until the yeah. next thing that re- for, for the common fan. And that's where they're trying to cater to. I'm mean, like me, I'm going to watch the next week. I'm going to have my, everybody's going to have their stuff in, but most people are like, all right, I'll see you in June. Now you kind of keep that momentum going and you build towards the next uh, major. So I think it's great. So your question on Tiger, um, obviously him to just win a major will be exciting. Um, does it set up well for him? Absolutely. I mean, we know his history at, at Tory. Um, obviously I think he'll contend there. I think he'll be no more fired up than ever before than to win the masters in April. Not a doubt in my mind. Um, if his game is where it's at right now, come April, I think he wins that. And I I think he goes away with it. Um, that, I mean, it is what it is. He kind of got through this year. I think he rode the roller coaster, but I think coming into 2019, he's going to be back to somewhat of the old Tiger to go. You know, he's got 80 wins. He doesn't care about wins. He cares about majors, and he cares about going for Jack's record, and that is his number one drive. Now that he's leap, he's got these hurdles. He got to win back. He's going to win majors, and that's where he'll be next year. Is trying to compete in those championships, and I think he can compete. I mean, you got Beth Page, you got Tory, you got a. There's no better year for him to be coming in on a roller a high to, than to compete the next year. I love it, man. I love it. It's going to be so fun. Uh, I'm sold. Uh, what's a, have you seen a prop round for uh, over one and a half majors for Tiger next year? I wonder what I that not. is. Uh, like I don't know. I'm, just, I'm just seeing like exact number of majors on You're five downs right number? now. I'm gonna have to look around a little. Yeah, like you can exactly one no majors. You right. know, you can get two fifty to one two fifty on uh, getting all four of them. Which I just don't. I, <laughs> I, seems, say three. I think he's just fun. gonna get yeah. the three. I yeah, did, I mean, I did get that for DJ last year, and then like he fell down a flight of stairs or whatever year that happened. Yeah, he so I mean just to win a major next year is plus two thirty-five, which I don't know if that's value or not. Ooh, um yikes. because I, I think you could just bet each individual one and get better than I, I don't know. I, I'd have to do the analysis on it, but I definitely if they're I think they'll probably come out with over one and a half or or over two and doing over one and a half would be a fair bet, especially if you get good value on it. Yeah, I mean just the fact that the US Open is at uh at Pebble Beach makes me think He's absolutely uh, in the conversation for two. Um, sure. Okay. Good stuff. That was super fun. Uh, I can't. So. You know, I hope. I hope as they uh, they get the new TV deal done and they integrate more conversations about betting and uh, and DFS that they reach out to uh, the man the man behind uh, all of the best content that I follow in golf uh, and uh, get you get you an offer that you can walk away from your your real life job. Um, uh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. it. 
Yeah, it'd be awesome. Let's, let's, let's talk about NFL Week Four. Uh, it, oh, by the way, if I hear anything, I'll just pass your name along. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, Please keep, do. keep an eye. <laughs> keep an eye open. Um, let's talk about NFL Week Four. Uh, this is an NFL podcast at its bones, obviously, and uh, we're going to go down through the cards, starting with the Thursday night game. Uh, we'll skip Monday night because we usually talk about that when we do our uh, wrap up pod on Sunday. Uh, but uh, we got first week. Goodbye. What's that? Like we, oh yeah, we're short. Week. It's yeah, our first week. Game. So is there just two two teams on by? We're just short one game this week. Yep, not, it's not a big yet. deal. Not, not a big deal. Oh. I used to hate week four buys. Like when your team got a week four buy back in the day, it was like, oh shit. Well, our our season's screwed. Um, the uh, <laughs> the Panthers and and uh, Redskins both off of huge wins get cooled off by the buy. We'll see how they bounce back in week five. Um, but Thursday night football. They kind of did us a solid, but also a disservice, I feel like, putting this matchup on Thursday. Um, Minnesota Vikings at the Rams, uh, two teams that are expected to contend for the NFC title, playing on a short week early in the season. Um, This is the kind of game where you feel like you kind of look back in December as the playoff picture is shaping up, and you're like, oh, I forgot about that one. Uh, and, uh, but at the same time, it's pretty cool to be this early in the season and have a game that feels very meaningful. Um, the Vikings at one, one and one looking to bounce back after a uncharacteristically sloppy performance against the bills in Minnesota on Sunday, potentially looking ahead to this exact spot in LA against the primetime Rams. Um, Rams on the other hand, uh, playing an offensive level and efficiency, uh, that is absolutely off the charts. Tough to quantify how good this team is playing right now. Jared Goff looks like the real deal. Todd Gurley looks like a an MVP candidate for real. Um, no shortage of weapons. Offensive line playing amazing. And then on the other side of the ball, the defense has taken a couple licks. Uh, we're not going to see Aqib Tlaib. He's going to be out until, what, uh, week 9 or 10 probably, maybe late, maybe longer. Um, Marcus Peters, are we going to see Marcus Peters out probably? He, he got a calf strain on Sunday. I'm guessing he's out. Um, and, uh, and the Rams defense was a little thin to begin with. Uh, but you still have a supreme mismatch with uh, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. Uh, solid pass rush against uh, the Achilles heel of the Vikings, a weak offensive line. Andy, are the Vikings a live dog in this in your mind? Oh boy. I kind of want to just recuse myself from this one because I'm still reeling from that. This one, I think I said it to this morning or yesterday to Suma. It feels like a stay away, just so much going into it. Like, were the Vikings just on full look-ahead watch? Or did they even prep for the Bills game? Um, if that's what the left tackle is going to do against the Bills, what's it going to do against the Rams D-line? Will Kirk Cousins live through the game? <laughs> I've seen a lot of good things from the Vikings this year, though. You know, you, you can't just discount a team after one game. Delvin Cook back. Um, possibly a little more focused after Zimmer, I'm sure lit into him for a while. And the, you know, the missing D backs there for the the Rams. I don't think again, either Los Angeles team has much of a home field advantage, but it is a travel spot for the Vikings in a short week. If this were on Sunday 
and you gave me a seven or a seven and a half, I'd take the Vikings all day. But with the short week and the way the dogs have been doing on Thursday, I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch. Mm, there might okay. be a there might be a halftime bet. Okay, Gup, I know I already saw because I follow you and I go to gupscorner.com. Uh, you like the dog in the spot. Uh, any uh, concern on your behalf about uh, McVay being an absolute mastermind of um, game planning and what we saw out of him in a short week last year, putting up 41 points against the 49ers on the road? Uh, or do you think that the all-universe defense for the Vikings reminds us why we thought they were so good in the preseason? Yeah, per- perfect spot for for the dog here. Um so, so the Rams' weakness is probably their linebackers a little bit, and and I think the the I think that'll get exposed um, a on a short week. B with the losses you just mentioned, uh, the Vikings like the short passing game. They got the guys that can take a short you know hitch route or in and out route um, and, and take it a long way in Diggs and Thielen. And they'll game plan for that on, on the short week, and they'll I think they'll come back. I think a lot of people forget that the Bills' D actually wasn't terrible last year and did create a lot of turnovers. Um, and this was just a snowball game last Sunday for the Vikings. Obviously, it killed the world of survivor pools um, out there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if I, you survived week three, congratulations. You won your pool. <laughs> right. Uh, I know our pool that we, that we have on there, we started with almost 700 and we, we were down to like 66. Um, so it, it murdered it. But I, I love the Vikings here. I, I, I There's a thought that I think they can actually outright win this. I know it's on the road, but um, five times just moved it to seven and a half about a half hour ago, which surprised me. Um, yeah. I I'm actually I'm in the super contest out in Vegas, and so I've actually I I rarely do an early card, but I think I'll do at least I have two entries in, it and I think the Vikings will be on one. I'll put my card in tomorrow to get that game in. Um, I'm all over the Vikings on this. Yeah, I can't explain the line movement. You got to feel for what's going on with the Sandy. It opened at six and a half. We saw it come down to six. It's going seen, back up to seven and a half. What do you make of that? I've seen Pinnacle move up to seven and a half. Have to and granted, you get to pay some juice for plus seven and a half right now. It's still plus money, plus one hundred four on that minus seven and a half. I think people have just seen what the Rams have done on offense, like all season long. Just Gurley and the other weapons—they've been highly efficient. They, I mean, they just have done everything right. Granted, the level of competition has been a little lower. We've kind of seen that Arizona's. You know, a bit of a dead duck, and they they wrecked them. And what? Uh, I mean, you, you go to that the game against Oakland too. It was a close game until it wasn't, and that's kind of Oakland's mo. Like they're a really poor second half team, and uh, LA can go put thirty up on anybody. It looks like right now. So I think people are people are just betting betting the good teams right now. It's just are big you favorites? Uh, favorites are always going to get that public money. Yeah, but by far, this is, I mean, not even in the realm. This is the hardest oh, no. defense the Rams have played, right? Not even close. Not even close. Not even not close. Even not even close. close. I think that this now, I'll, if we sit back here Sunday night or tomorrow night and it's Rams 34 10, then, I mean, I'm going to wish I jumped on the Rams even harder for the Super Bowl because that'll be very impressive for me if they can come out and dominate this defense in my, especially a fired up, hungry Vikings that just got whooped at home by what yeah. people think is the worst team in the league. Yeah, their motivation can't be any higher. It really can't. This is. I think if you do see if you do see a Rams cover here, you're for real. If you see a Rams cover here, 
I think it is the Rams defensive line imposes its will on the beat up Minnesota offensive line. And it's probably one of those where the game is close, but the Minnesota defense will be tired from being on the field way too much. And the Rams kind of pull away at the end. I, I don't see a Rams blow it. I do like the dog if I had a lean, but that, that narrative just seems too likely to me for, you know, kind of a 10 point Rams win. Is there any yeah. update on cook? Yeah, I was gonna wonder. I, I think for, I, he, I think he's playing. I think I think he was him. fine to play. He should have played. I, I think he. They were just kind of being cautious, thinking Griffin's they had out, a win though, right? Griffin's out, sure. Yeah, he lost his mind, so he's he's out. He's out. That's meaningful. Yeah, that is. Yes, yeah. that's right. He is checked out. He's checked out. Uh, what uh, What do you think, uh, Andy? Long term prognostication here for the Vikings defense, real quick, before we kind of wrap up and talk about some of the other Sunday games. Uh, we've seen them now. Although in the last five game sample, they have not looked nearly as good as their previous sixteen games. The two playoff games, they were they looked vulnerable. Obviously, they got you know blown out by the uh, by the Eagles on the road. Uh, and then, you know, the Jimmy G and the Niners moved the ball on them. Uh, it was a matter of turnovers and defensive score that got them that win in the cover cover. And then they give up 29 to Aaron Rodgers, and then 27 points and a half to Josh Allen and the bills, uh, is the defense, you know, are, do they have the, the, the gear still to be elite or are they, you know, have they been exposed? I think, I think they'll be all right. I mean, if you want to start throwing some of those numbers and you got to, there's some context to be looked at too. The green, you know, green Bay scored on a punt block. There was some absolute beautiful field uh, position for the bills. I mean, it's a lot easier to score a touchdown when you start at the opponent's 15. So, it, it, you know, it's not like, it's not like the bills put up 600 yards against them. I shouldn't say, I don't know. I don't know the exact stance, what they ended up because they did move the ball nicely at a few times. And that was just the, it was scheme. There were some nice, there were some nice routes that were run because it's like I said to somebody, I was, you know, you go to the game and you're not watching on a TV and you see some stuff like you're you're watching the all 22 in live. And when, when those guys were getting open for the bills, it was like, oh, my God, what what kind of scheme are we running on defense right now? This is this is not great. So hopefully Zimmer tightens things up. I think after the performances they've had so far, that's that's hopefully what's uh, what's going to happen because they have the talent. They should be better than this. And maybe it's just a case of a slow start. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm playing the under in this one, so I'm banking on this. Uh, I'm banking on the real Minnesota Vikings defense shows up. Uh, but even more than that, even if we've seen the, see the cracks that uh, they presented over the last couple of weeks, um, this feels like a field goal game to me, as opposed to high efficiency red zone kind of game. Uh, I think you're going to see both teams try to control the ball, uh, keep their defenses off the field to the degree they can. Uh, I think you're going to see long drives, uh, you know, no, not uh, boomer bust type of uh, play attempts or uh, or converting boom type of plays. Uh, and I think you know both teams try to shorten the game and you know keep their playbooks relatively uh, you know intact to the degree they can. Uh, and uh, 49 to me is way too high for a game that is effectively being competed uh, between you know two contending teams for the NFC. So. Uh, I grabbed under 49 flat at minus 102. Uh, what's the, the the lines out there? 49 and a half. Uh, I'm under 49 flat yeah, starting to take uh, at minus 102. I like that. Um, so hopefully it's a it's a real competitive game. Uh, field goals instead of touchdowns. I'm capping this 26-20. Uh, 
so I'm happy to have that three-point buffer on the under 49. Uh, let's move on to Sunday. I'm going to go down the card. by Another slow-starting team, huh? Yeah, yeah, seriously. I'm going to go down the card, uh, starting with uh, the rotation number. Uh, first up on the board is Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. This uh, looked like a throwaway game uh, before the season started. Uh, week four, oh, blah, blah, blah. Patriots are going to roll the Dolphins. Dolphins are an also ran. Uh, and uh, sure enough, we got a 3-0 and team matched up against a 1-2 and team uh, for, uh, for bragging rights in the AFC East here. Uh, although it's the Miami Dolphins who are in town undefeated. Um, Dolphins don't traditionally play particularly well in Foxborough. Um, we all know how New England plays uh, coming off of losses, but... Uh, you know this. I think the last one. Yeah, really. There are there are a lot, a lot more questions than answers with the Patriots right now. Uh, their roster. We've talked about this now, week in, week out. I can't. I've lost track of how many times I said it in the preseason. This is among the worst rosters around Tom Brady that I can remember as a uh, as a football fan. Uh, and uh, I think this is going to be a pretty competitive game. I don't really have the stones to get involved with Miami at plus seven. Uh, we were expecting to see a line closer to, um, what was the look ahead on this? 11 or something. Um, probably nine and a half, 10. Yeah. The look ahead on this preseason was new England, uh, minus 11. Uh, so they've made, uh, a, a, a healthy four point adjustment to this line. Uh, and yeah, they're making you pay juice right now to back Miami plus seven. Um, it's not a bad look. I just, you know, it's it's the likelihood that we see this end at a touchdown isn't crazy in my mind. So uh, I don't. No, I think it, it's got to be people's. Yeah, it's how you feel about your how to how to what you've seen so far and how you think these teams do going forward compared to your preseason kind of expectations. Because there's a certain point where you got to start you know, moving slightly away from preseason expectations and past results, Miami being a shit team and new England being, <laughs> you know, new England Patriots. And, uh, well, I don't think Miami has played, you know, a super high level of competition. They have a really smart coach and they're getting it done somehow. I mean, playing the Raiders worked out nicely. Uh, the Titans are kind of a weird team. I haven't decided if they're good or bad yet, but they did end up playing them with their starting quarterback. So that's better than most teams can say against the Titans. I haven't quite decided. This might be a watch and learn game. I do lean Miami. I just, you know, I don't know if you can just keep going back to that well with New England as far as, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll get right. They're the New England Patriots. They'll be fine. Like, unless Josh Gordon learns that whole playbook this week and goes full Randy Moss, I don't, I don't understand how they're going to move. I mean, there's a, there's a definite uh, blueprints, you know, just take Kronk out of the situation and, and you probably can stop that offense. Yeah. Gup, you got a, you got an angle on this one? Did you see, uh, yeah. Did you see this coming? The uh, New England one and two Miami three, you know? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> New England starting slow doesn't just shock me. I was not, I wasn't as high as the world um, preseason. Uh, probably the first off season, maybe ever. We we saw so much animosity in that culture, um, and openly, right? Normally they may have had it, but it just kind of stayed behind the doors. Um, and when Great you point. right, if you have if you have Belichick and Tom at at odds, which it seems 
Um, and they may have hated each other for 10 years, but this is the first year that they had openly, <laughs> you could, you could tell that there's issues. Um, now, now I, I put that, that's noise to me as one of my partners, OG would say, I, X's and O's and Willie's and Joe's is what I look at here. And, and the dolphins are for real. I, I think, um, it's funny you say that we're sitting there on Saturday night in Vegas. We went out there to put all our super contest stuff in and, and we've got a few Tito's in us. And I literally looked at this line and said, that's, that's, we should bet the Dolphins because the AFC, I mean, they kind of always you remember last year they beat them right out of nowhere, yeah. you know. And I was like, 11, of course, you didn't make the bet. Now I'm like, damn, I wish I had that ticket. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I like where the, Miami is, you know, interesting stat, you know, the quarterback, you know, Tannehill with this coach is, I think he's 10 and one in his last 11 starts. Um, yeah, hitting, yeah, hitting 70% accuracy. And I, I don't think people realize that he's playing that well under, under this guy um, when healthy. And so I, it's a road dog. It's hard to get but but against Tom at home, especially starting. Can you see him going one and three type of deal? I will probably stay away, but if I had a lean, it would be the dolphins in the points. And I also would like the under here. Ah, now we're talking. That's my angle on this one too. I'm on under 47 and a half. Uh, That's, speed, that is yeah. kind of the end all be all going against Tom at home. It's so it doesn't hard. matter how bad they are. It's still it's so scary. Hard. I think that I think at the end of the day, the Patriots get the win. I think it's ugly. I think it's close. I think this is, you know, the game, kind of game where it's the third quarter and Miami has a lead and people are like, wow, the Patriots really do suck now. And then they do something magical to, to just eke it out. Um, but all that said, <clears throat> 47 and a half points is too many in this matchup. Uh, I don't know exactly where the points are coming from. Edelman's still out for the bats. Uh, they lose Rex Burkhead. Um, we saw kind of a, a game plan last week in Detroit where they were just trying to figure out what the hell they had in Sonny Michelle. Like they, you know, once the game was kind of out of hand, they were doing some really weird play calling, uh, trying to get Sonny Michelle some reps, see what they got. Um, but <clears throat> I think, uh, the Patriots try to, um, you know, try to create a more comfortable situation for Tom Brady. Uh, he has not looked sharp. He has not thrown the ball particularly to his to his uh, standard accuracy. Um, and it would blow me away if he comes out and just starts whipping it around and scores 40 points here. Uh, and so I think we're talking about a relatively tight game. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this looks a lot like Dolphins-Jets, you know, where the Dolphins kind of, um, you know, have some mojo early and, and put some points on the board and, and the Patriots have to come back to get the win. Um, but uh, 47 and a half was enough for, for me to get involved in the under. Um, and I'm holding on to my butt to unload on the Patriots week five. They get a uh, short week. They're playing Indianapolis rookie head coach on Thursday night football. Uh, I hope this is a close game that the Patriots win uh, so that we get a really favorable look at New England next week. Uh, and I can come back and lay the lumber on Brady and company. Uh, but for now, I'm just going to have to sit back and, and see the result and hope that uh, it's an ugly low scoring game. Let's talk about Colts Texans. Um, another interesting Ugh. one where preseason and God, this is such a theme. Andy, you really nailed it. Like all week, all this whole card this week is like, how much do you trust your preseason evaluation of these teams? Um, because there's matchups of teams that have underachieved and teams, teams that have exceeded expectations all over the card this week. Uh, this is another good one with the Texans coming in. Oh, and three Bill O'Brien job on the line. Can he get the win against the Colts? We'll go with Gup first. Do you think uh, there is any life left in the Texans? Boy, if there is, it's here, right? Um, right. Yes. But the, but they didn't get it 
a good favor having to go on the road. Um, obviously, Vegas, you know, if you do the old twisty tourney, they got this, they got the Colts as a big dog on the road, um, given the six, you know, flip at six points type of deal for the road home issue. I, I'm, I'm higher on the Colts more than others and and it's cost me some tuition in in DraftKings. <laughs> I've I've tried yeah. to I've tried to guess them in DraftKings correctly thinking luck would would catch on and I they got some good running backs that are just just guys, right? Trying to make it. Um and so I figured with him being able to throw a lot that I can catch a, a breakout game and I really I, I know you I don't know how much you guys get into DraftKings so if I get off topic I apologize but no worries. I have this as a sleeper game for me as a high scoring. I definitely like the over 47. Um, Ooh, it's actually nice. cir- it's circled for me. I see a shootout. I see an old school, um, you know, Houston Colts shootout here. Uh, I think they blow the over 47 away. It's the end of the game. Last team that has the ball win it. I'd stay away from the spread if it was me. Um, I'll load up DraftKings wise because I think there can be a lot of points scored and I would lean towards the over. Ooh, I like this. I like this look a lot. Okay. Uh, I went a different direction on this and I'll see if I can talk Andy into a position on this. Um, I'm, I'm looking for Houston outright. Uh, I like the fact that they're own three and they're playing a team they can beat and that they're familiar with. Uh, I like the fact that the preseason look ahead, we expected to see Houston minus three and then they opened it at uh, Indy minus one and a half or minus two, depending on what shop you looked at. Um, and if, uh, if I had to stack up talent on these rosters, uh, even kind of considering a medium luck, not even like the luck who can't throw more than 20 yards down the field that we've seen so far this season. I still favor Houston, uh, in the Larry's and Joe's department. Um, I think that the, you know, the Houston defense has looked suspect, but they've improved. Um, it stinks that this is their third road game out of the first four weeks of the season. Um, there's going to be a lot of value betting on Houston as we go through, uh, through the season and Deshaun Watson gets healthier and more comfortable with his offensive line. and They need to adjust some of their protections to get him some more time desperately. And I'm hoping that this is the week we see it against a, a pass rush. That's not impressive really from Indy. Um, and so if they can win some individual ma- you know, battles in the trenches, I think Houston uh, is the right side here. Uh, Andy, are you going to come, come with me and uh, look for Houston to get their first win? Or do you think Andrew Luck, uh, uh, puts two wins on the board and puts some of my win totals in jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I I feel like two weeks ago or last week we talked about what a unclutch, bad, you know, high leverage situation game Washington had oddly against Indianapolis, where their red zone efficiency and their third down and fourth down efficiency was just like almost outlier bad and Indy was similar to that. I liked what Indy did last week. They just couldn't quite capitalize on anything. They just, they weren't getting it done in the red zone. They weren't scoring when they needed to, you know, they weren't getting seven when they needed it. Like they, they're a team that's kind of on my radar is if luck shoulder is continuing to improve, they're going to be good. Like I, I don't think great, but in the AFC where there's definitely some spots up for grabs, they can make a move because, man, I don't see it with Houston right now. Tennessee's having all kinds of problems, and you know the Jags can win the division. That's fine and all, but there's going to be some wild cup card up for grabs. So uh, I don't love it enough to back Andrew Luck as a favorite right now. Uh, if if they get Watson some protection, he can look like he did a little bit during last year. It could be a good offense. Like, like uh, Gup said, there were some points, but for, for now, you know, just to stay away. 
because I have seen just all kinds of variants from these two teams right now. Interesting. Neither of these teams seem like somebody I want to be backing. Okay. Well, Houston's probably my favorite dog of the week. Yeah, maybe my second favorite dog of the week. And I think we're due for another dog week, to be honest. Uh, We saw the dogs come in phenomenal form last week. And I think uh, the way that this card sets up, we're going to see it again. Um, Starting with Houston. Uh, Let's talk about another dog that's gotten some interest and some money. And, uh, you know, I think it's gotten a little bit, a little bit of um, bet, a little bit down. Uh, Cincinnati and Andy Dalton had to play Matt Ryan in their third home game in the Dome. A third straight home game in the Dome. Uh, We've seen the enormous impact of losing Deion Jones and Keanu Neal affect how well this uh, Falcons defense performed. Uh, They had absolutely no answer when it mattered against the Saints. Um, You have another dynamic team with a bunch of weapons on offense coming in uh, off of a tough road loss against Carolina. Uh, Andy, does Andy write the ship? Or is it is uh, is he due for another uh, sorry ass performance? This four picks last week really pissed me off. Yeah, that was something. And it's another team where they have some nice offensive weapons, but for some reason it just hasn't clicked at times. I really was high on the defense. They ended up cashing for me first the first week against Andy, but I don't know if I was actually impressed with them or if I was even on the right side. This is along with everybody else. We all grabbed this over, right? Did you? Do you got a piece of that? I mean, they open. They open this total. Too I low. did not. Did you? By the time I, okay. I, blinked, yeah, I, I blinked, and it was fifty-one. Did you get involved? Yeah, I grabbed. I grabbed some forty-eight and a half. Oh, nice work by you. And honestly, it was like four, it was forty-nine and a half. Like twenty minutes later, it is yeah, fifty-two right now. Quick. Honestly, fifty-two. Fifty-two might still be bettable. Um, if there is a time for Cincinnati to get right in five, God, five is an ugly number, but boy, would this be a defense to get right against? I don't think Drew Brees and the offense was that impressive this year, and they kind of just had their way at times as far as moving down the field, and they've lost another piece on defense. And then obviously Atlanta's offense has been getting right. This game could fly into the 60s. It feels like a fun little shootout. I don't know if I can take a side, especially in a game with such a high total. And maybe not even such a high total. It's not the highest on the board, but the way I projected it, possibly the highest scoring game of the week. Mm, interesting. Over Kansas City, Denver, huh? Well, well I'll probably that, just take, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll just, I'll stick with that over. I like that. Well, okay. especially right. if somebody I know is going to continue to take Kansas City unders. Well, by the way, you continue to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not taking the under this week. Uh, I've finally learned my lesson. Uh, if, but you know, we've seen this season like these overs in the 50s. They're they're flying over. I don't think I can think of more than one out of like eight that I've seen in the 50s that didn't go over so far this year. Um, the um, I could yeah, fact just that Pat's Lions yeah. game. That was like it. That Pat's Lions game was the only one. Yeah. Um, the uh, this got this is like the. This is like the best chance for Atlantic to kind of get right here. Uh, at you know, Cincinnati's playing their second out of conference road game in a row. Uh, you have Matt Ryan absolutely clicking uh, with the current uh, current offensive roster. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones look like a dynamic duo at wide receiver. Um, offensive lines healthy. The running game is getting it together a little bit. Uh, is there any feel here for Atlanta uh, getting right? Or do you think Cincinnati continues to uh, impress, surprise and impress? No, I, I don't. I actually kind of, kind of against 
maybe some of y'all's logic. I, I don't I don't know if I see the over. If it is over, it's because it's a blowout. Um, I don't like Ooh. Cincinnati on the. I, I don't like Cincinnati on the road. Um, I don't like where they come into this game at, and I think the the paper chalk few people will see Atlanta lost by seven, forgetting they didn't watch the game and the matchups. Um, if you look at Cincy's defense, and I, I watched this game this morning um, before I went to the gym, and on my little the little thirty minute Directv deal, I watched the Bengals defense, and the Bengals defense does not match up well with the Atlanta does well. I won't get into the, the the X's and O's there. Most people don't understand most of that, but this game sets up. Um, definitely on my super contest card. I love Atlanta here big. Um, double digit win, du- double digit win at home. Um, and I don't think it's close. I love Atlanta here. Mm, I can see it. This is the Cincinnati's third road game in four weeks. This tends to wear teams down early in the season. Uh, I support that play. That's good luck, man. That's good luck. Um, the preseason look ahead was about minus seven, so you got a couple free points there as it is. Um yeah. Can't explain why Cincinnati's taking money, really, to be honest, other than people just are are out on this Atlanta D without their their key playmakers, I guess. Uh, yeah, let's no, move down. I think, I, I think they, I mean, it looks like they're going to get Freeman back, too, which is huge for them. I mean, you can't. Yeah, un- that is yeah. huge. It is. Be, and not just because of him, but the, the what they do with their offense when they put um, him and Coleman on the on the field at the same time creates mismatches on the defense. And, and I think if he's back and really healthy, which I think he would be because they don't need him with Coleman, like they don't need him 70%. So I feel if he's on the field, he's healthy, and they're going to exploit that. And, and I really think it's it's a – I think the over may cover late in the fourth, but it's a blowout in my opinion. Okay. Well, I'm I'm pissed at the uh, Cincy defense. Can we get a, a, a deep dive consensus Atlanta team total over 28? Oh, I do like that. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Cincy defense, go home, lick your wounds, get better, make a run at the north. Uh, but uh, stink in this game, please. Um, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think either defense is going to have a very fun day. Yeah, I uh, I skipped this next one. Oh, um, Buffalo. Bills at the Packers. This is another one where I maybe take a swing on a team total for the home team. Um, Bills defense was aggressive as hell versus that uh, that Indian, that uh, Minnesota um, offense last week. Uh, but I don't expect them to be able to repeat that type of intensity against the Packers team that's home. That's looking to get right. Uh, I don't think the Packers are going to fall to the same uh, kind of snoozy traps that the Minnesota Vikings did. Um, they head at Detroit next week, so this is a little bit of a sandwich spot for Green Bay. But I think the you know the the wake up call of seeing Minnesota lose is sixteen and a half point favorites um, has you know kind of you know would would snap. Green Bay out of it. I don't really get the line here. Uh, preseason, we expected to see Green Bay minus nine and a half. Um, Green Bay looks about like we thought. I wouldn't necessarily say I would downgrade them specifically from their preseason expectations. Um, Buffalo looks a ton worse than we expected in the preseason. And they got Josh Allen out here making his third start, coming off of you know, biggest win of his career. Um, not expecting him to be able to repeat that success. It didn't really even, you know, I, I, it was a weird ass game for him and how he succeeded against Minnesota. Anyway, I think green Bay puts a lid on this guy and, uh, you know, they pick their number here. I think we're going to see another total around 26 ish or something like that. And, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers scores at will in, in Lambeau at home. He's starting to kind of get some, uh, you know, he's feeling some, some pressure probably to get a win here. 
uh, or else, you know, the, uh, the bears may run away with the North. Um, so I think the only look I kind of like in this game is green Bay Packers team total over. Um, but, uh, I can't really, you know, advocate to lay 10 points. What about you, Andy? Hey, yeah. The outright? green Bay's defense. I thought, yeah, green Bay's defense. I thought was going to be improved. I, the addition of the the corners to the draft or just the the D-backs they picked up and maybe the move they made at uh, D-coordinator, I thought maybe that would get a little better. And boy, the the first half against Washington, like it's going to be a problem. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to keep up with that defense again, which sucks when he has to put a team on his back, but he's shown he's capable of it. I'm certainly not interested in in laying this many points against a, a team with a little confidence and, you know, maybe the, maybe a, a, no one will doubt, like we said, their defensive line is probably the strong point. And, you know, if they're going to get to Rogers a few times, it could definitely stay within the number. It feels like kind of an under game. I have, I haven't been terribly impressed with green Bay's offense until they get put to it when they absolutely need to, like in the second half there against Washington, they looked a little lackluster in the first half. From what I saw, again, it's it sucked. I still I hate going to an NFL game because you can't watch Red Zone at the stadium without you know streaming stuff. But I I no interest in laying double digit points here. Uh, I like your angle, but I would lean towards a, a Green Bay win, I guess. Okay, you know, obviously uh, they're ten point favorite. I, yeah, I I, I, I yeah, I, I can't like 10 and a half with a, a squirrely team. You know, a week ago, we we're calling Buffalo the worst team in the history of the NFL, but they seem to have figured a couple things out and the offense moved a little. It seems like the, they figured out some scheme that works. Yeah. Um, Gup, we saw Phillip Rivers score at ease against this uh, this Buffalo defense. We saw Joe Flacco put up 45 points or something insane. Um Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to get enough uh, points in this to take it over the team total, or do you feel under is the right look as well? Well, so I guess I'd preface it with saying if you're out there and you feel that Rodgers may potentially miss or is one or two good hits away from, I mean, he didn't just didn't look good. Um, oh, that's a good I, point. I, I mean, I would, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a, any type of risk taker, I would lay the, t- I would get the 10 and a half and, you know, and, and take my chances on does Roger even finish it? And if he does, can they cover it? Um, but what scares me is this line because it's a, tr- like, I'd be much more on Buffalo if this was seven and a half than 10 and a half. And I know that sounds stupid, <laughs> for most people, but yeah. I-, I think at 10 and a half, everybody, the public, I can imagine will jump all over Buffalo seeing them win. And so it just screams in, in a sharp, I quote unquote to, 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 to take the Packers minus like they run away with this, right? That's what the spot says. Um, if, if you do any analysis of NFL over the years that um, for me, I absolutely stay away. I definitely uh, hadn't checked the weather yet. I kind of, this time of the year, especially in green Bay, I'll at least do that. But you know, it's a noon kickoff. I I'd stay away from this game all the way around because the line just screams. But if I was a guy that likes to take a little bit of risk, I would take the Bills plus the 10 and a half, but I, I'm mm. personally staying away from it. Okay. That's a good breakdown. And that's a good point too. Uh, I may end up bagging that uh, team total look then. Um, let's talk about uh, another dog that I like uh, as a live dog in this week. Uh, Detroit Lions heading to Dallas, uh, getting three points. Um, 
interesting that they would line Dallas's three point favorites over anyone right now. Uh, the Dallas offense is extremely suspect, not just the players, uh, not just the weapons, um, but the play calling is atrocious. Um, Detroit, you would say, you know, spot wise is not a great spot with them, you know, coming off of, you know, a super important win uh, against New England that kind of read their season. Uh, but I think that was actually more of like a momentum building win than I think of it as a, uh, a win where they're going to turn around and let down. Uh, I like Stafford. I like the way he looked against uh, the Patriots defense. I think Dallas without uh, Sean Lee in this game is going to be susceptible on defense. Um, so I'm back in Stafford to get the outright win here. Moneyline is plus 144 right now. Um, this feels like a great spot to, to try to kept, capture some momentum with the Lions against a team that has more questions than answers. Um, are you a Dallas guy, Gup? <laughs> uh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, now, interesting. I mean, interesting. Yeah, I, I am, but I'm. A, it's weird because you know, so I, I went to the University of Oklahoma um, and then transferred out to a D2 and, and started there four years, um, born and raised in Oklahoma. So, and most people think, well, you're just a homer. You're an OU and Dallas fan. But fortunately or unfortunately, um, I was in OU Stadium many times as, as a, you know, grade school, high schooler when there was about 30,000 people and we were getting, you know, Tommy Frazier is beating the crap out of us and and up until stoops came i saw much more garbage of you than i did and same with dallas so i was 10 when dallas was making the the three you know the triplets were making their big deal and then now i've gone 25 years of shit for lack of a better word for the cowboys i mean it's just it's just been a brutal i mean that's that's the right word yeah, I mean, it's America's team or whatever, but I've been alive 35 years, and 25 of them, Dallas has been terrible. So, I, I mean, I don't consider myself a bandwagon, but um, from a pen and paper, a Willie's and Joe's standpoint, Detroit's to play not even close. From my handicapping historical preference, this is a Dallas game not even close. So it's one of those where you go – do you deep dive into it and try to really find the answer or do you just try to find another game on the card? Um, cause, cause <laughs> e- everything screams, you know, Dallas is coming off a road, butt kicking from Seattle. Detroit has a franchise making win against, you know, the last two decades team of the century, the Patriots. Um, they look great. They're playing great, but Dallas comes back home. It's basically a pick them in Vegas. As I was giving them the three, and, and if I'm if I'm taking that angle, I would definitely take Dallas just because of the spot. And Dallas can run the ball, can control it. Um, you know, regression of the mean type of deal says Dallas probably comes out and has a little bit better game. But they've, I think they said I saw yesterday this is their top four worst um, yard uh, points per game through three games in the history of the Cowboys. Wow. Yeah, so I think oh, wow. yeah, thir- 13.7 or something like that. And so, like, they just can't move the ball. They just can't. I mean, it, it's it's abysmal to watch them, and it's frustrating. And um, thank God for fantasy football and all that stuff. That kind of gets me out of not having to, you know, rely on that for my only means. But I, I, I'll stay away. But I, I like your play. I definitely – I agree. If you like the Lions here, you take the money line. Forget the points. Go ahead and take them on the line. I like it. Uh, Andy, uh, is there a matchup here? Because I'm, I'm basing a lot of this really on uh, Sean Lee being out. Uh, we've seen the Dallas defense play 
better than expected through the three weeks of the season, only manifest in one win against the Giants, uh, but they lose their captain in Sean Lee. A um, couple other you know, pieces that I'm not particularly impressed by. And I like some of the matchups with the D- Detroit offense against uh, Dallas's defense. I like the emergence of Kirion Johnson for Detroit. Are there any matchups in this game uh, that go the other way that I'm not seeing in loving Detroit? And I will say, you know, as far as Sean Lee goes, he hasn't had as prominent a role as he has in years past. They have him. He's not on the field. I mean, he's on the field a lot still, but he's not on the field as much as he was in years as years previous. So uh, as far as, you know, just as a player, it's less of a downgrade than it was, but he's still such a leader on that defense. It hurts. Um, I've looked at this every which way. I like the Detroit angle, but the line just seems weird to me. I, something about it. I don't love taking it at a worse number either. It opened at three and a half. It's already been bet down. Still getting plus money for uh, an outright dog winner on the roads. Nice. Dallas, this is one of those games where you find out if, if Dallas is fucked for the season, I think. Like if they don't do something on offense, if they, yeah. they basically, I mean, versus the Giants, their offense was one play early in the game. Versus Seattle, I didn't see really anything, you know, that impressed me. Like, what are they going to do? How are they going to get this passing game going? This is a, a stay away. I think it's a, I think it's line just about right. I thought about possibly you know, fading Dallas's defense with maybe, uh, maybe some, you know, Detroit team total over uh, Dallas team total under or the under just feels too obvious as far as, you know, it's just been pounding Dallas unders all years and it's been working, but uh, I really, right. I, I like Dallas before the year. I took him to win the division at like 450 or 500 and, Boy, what a what a disappointment this offense has been with some nice pieces. They just they don't have the receivers right now, and if they don't figure it out, they, they probably will lose this game at all. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd caution on the on the team total over definitely because if you look at the teams that play Dallas, their plus minus snap count versus Dallas, and then their other games, there's a huge discrepancy because the way the Dallas tries to drag the game out and slow it down, so. I could see Detroit not getting as many at bats, if you will, that they normally would if Dallas can can try to play their game plan. And the, and the Sean Lee deal is definitely, a, a, you know, last year Sean Lee's out, you fade Dallas 100%. So, I, I mean, I'd go back to if I'm going to play it, I definitely am on the side of the, the money line there at, at the plus 144. Yeah, you make a great point also about uh, not looking for an over here. Uh, Detroit's red zone has been pretty pathetic. Um, they've had a lot of opportunities yeah. that they haven't been able to cash in on. Uh, most notably the, the game against the Jets. Uh, they left a lot of points on the board. They left points on the board against the Patriots, even when in 26 10. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they've got a, they've got some real nice receivers, but they they do need to they need to figure out their offense a little bit too here. Yeah, or, I think this is a I battle mean, of two pretty and the total might be a smidge on it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Jim Bob Cooter and uh, you know they need they need to to both of these teams need to upgrade their offensive coordinators if they expect to compete in this league at this point. Um, let's talk about uh, Jets Jacksonville real briefly. Couldn't couldn't make an angle on this game. Uh, I we see a line open way shorter than it was expected. Uh, the look at preseason was minus nine and a half after the Jacksonville Jaguars pull off the upset against the Patriots week two. The look ahead was like 10, uh, ends up opening at eight and a half, promptly gets bet down to seven and a half. Uh, so there is an appetite here to fade Blake Bortles in the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
that they anticipated and they still couldn't stay ahead of it. Um, I'm surprised by that a little bit because this looks, looks like an absolutely disastrous matchup for Sam Darnold against a ball hawking, good pass defending defense in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jags have been home a bunch early this season. Uh, Jets are on the road uh, for their second straight week. Uh, although they are coming off of Thursday night football, so they got a little extra rest. Andy, yeah, is there an angle on this one or is this an easy skip? Oh boy, does this fit some of my likes for making a teaser play. If it's sitting at seven and a half, eight, because I do like to play my teasers closer to Sunday when we're looking at that closing line, I'm going to tease Jacksonville down at home, young quarterback coming in, tough defense, low, low, low total, which is also a nice thing when you're playing teasers, low total, less variance. So you give me Jacksonville minus two as a teaser leg, minus one and a half, something along those lines. I'm going to, I'm going to gobble that up. Interesting. Moving down the card, we got uh, Buccaneers Bears. Uh, Bucks coming off a short week playing Monday Night Football. Bears in the uh, friendly confines of Soldier Field. Uh, I'm capping this one 23-20. I'm lining up an underplay on this. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick has been you know, absolutely burying yards and points and winning DFS for all kinds of people out there. Uh, but I can't help but get involved in an under 46 in Soldier Field on this field that traditionally plays slow. Uh, I like the matchup of uh, the Tampa Bay's run stopping against the principal Bears offensive attack in uh, in their run game. Um, I think we see kind of a, you know, really low score grinded out type of game here uh, with the Bears, you know, pass rush being able to disrupt what Tampa Bay wants to do on offense. Uh, under 46 is a, is my only real angle on this one. I'm skipping the total because I'm capping this right at about three points. Um, Gup, anything on this one or you got to skip here? Pretty much a skip. I, I may lean Tampa Bay. I, I worry about the the quarterback situation and the the kind of culture. And and I could actually see like a Chicago first half here. And if things start bad, they bring Jamison, which I don't really necessarily oh. agree with. Um, and then you could, could look at look at how the game finishes out. But but I would pass. Just too much variables for me. If I had to make a hard play. Um, you know, I, I would take Tampa Bay in the plus two and a half because I think Chicago is a little bit overvalued in the market today. Me personally, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Andy, you get a look on this one. Yeah, I agree with that too. Uh, Trubisky still, I mean, he only played what like eight, nine games in college. He's only played, uh, what less than a dozen NFL games learning curve. He's, he's inaccurate at times. And that's a good way to kill a drive is when you overthrow a wide receiver, you know, wide open receivers just overthrown by gobs. It's it's looked bad at times. The offense needs a little work. The defense obviously is there. The under feels right. I think Tampa, I mean, Tampa's faced some some defenses, two pretty bad defenses that we knew were going to be bad coming into the year. And then, uh, I mean, the, Philly, man. I mean, they're they're having some troubles of their own. So this might be the first time they actually play a good defense. I like that under lean. I'm staying away for now, but uh, boy, that's that's not a terrible look. I just uh, I don't like. Silly I like it. I really, I really like situation. this one. I really like. This I know one. you I saw like 40s. It, I was like, oh baby, I can't wait to get on this. Uh, let's flip the script a little bit and talk about a little bit more controversial one. I, I've, I've advocated for three unders so far, you know, in a year and in a week where, you know, in, a, in an early part of the season where we've seen nothing but points, I'm going on three under so far. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so they did change the rules to kind of help with under. So 
<laughs> Good luck. I'm taking it. Let's talk about an over. Uh, Eagles Titans. Uh, I got over 41 and a half on this. Um, I know we haven't seen very impressive offensive performances from the Titans, uh, but I think you have. Um, I think you have a pretty decent matchup here against a Philly defense that is underimpressed so far this year. They're not tackling well. They're not playing particularly well. I think that Colts Eagles game probably should have been an over, even though there was only 36 points or 26 points. That 36 points scored. Um, you look at the box score that looked like it could have been a much higher scoring game. Um, I'm I'm going to take uh, the Eagles and Wentz and company uh, starting to click a little bit. Wentz the second game back, a little less jitters, maybe a little bit higher efficiency. Um, I'm capping this one at 24-20, and that's not you know that's making no adjustments for um, you know for situations or anything like that. Which uh, you know if I'm looking for 44 points on on the first crack, uh, and the total is 41 and a half, I'm into that pretty much every time. Um, Philadelphia here, kind of real soft landing to start the season. I don't know. I don't know what they did to get such an easy, uh, easy start out here. Uh, but, uh, you know, coming, coming in, trying to get their third win and establish themselves as, uh, at the top of the AF NFC East before they play Minnesota next week. Uh, Andy, did I do something dumb betting and over in the lowest total, one of the lower totals on the board? No, I don't, I think you're probably right. It's sitting a touch low and nothing, I have a lot of skips this week. I wanted to play Philly, but I didn't think they'd open it. Uh, I mean, it, it got hit. Philly got hit right away. It was three, kind of opened, shot up to four. I'm still wondering if we won't see some Tennessee money come in. Oh, Tennessee kind of coming off a, I mean, a rough and tumble game. It didn't look like that much of an exciting game, but. That was that was a nice spot. It might be a flat spot even at home. And I mean, Philly needs to get right. And I think I think you hit on it. Wentz with another week under his belt. If he can start to move around a little more, Philly can score. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Philly scored 28-31 in this one. I lean oh, Philly. I haven't bet anything yet. Yeah, the Philly defense hasn't looked as good on the road. I mean, only granted, we only seen that one game where they gave up everything that Tampa Bay wanted. Uh, Gup, do you think Philadelphia is for real and that they're yeah. contenders in the NFC or are there, are there red flags with them? Uh, I would lean more towards the for real. You know, I I stayed away from Wentz return game last week, uh, DraftKings betting, all that kind of stuff. Um, or DraftKings. I actually, my second highest play of the week last week was the Colts. Love them plus six at home um, against a coming out party for Wentz. I... Man, I didn't think they'd open up as four-point favorites on the road. Um, so I, that kind of just tells me Vegas. I, I would assume Vegas lays is saying they think they're going to win pretty heavily. Um, so I, I would lean the spot on the Eagles minus the four. Um, and I think Wentz he gets even more back into his normal flow and shows what he did last year. Definitely would agree with you on the over if Wentz can c- come out here and show what they – you know what they expect, um, unless there's some crazy weather or any, anything like that. But I, I would, I like your over 41 for sure. Nice. Uh, let's blow by this one Seahawks Cardinals, uh, unless someone <laughs> has a very strong take. Uh, Josh Rosen's first ever game as a starter, Seahawks. God knows what you're gonna my, get. I, I don't understand my, the identity of either, either of these teams. What do you think? Of? My, my strongest dog of the week. Oh, I like this. Oh, okay. I like it. Carry on. Yes. Carry on. Carry yes. on. Make your I, case. I will take Make the, your case. Yeah. 
I will take the Cardinals. I, 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 Seattle goes back home last week for the first time of the season. I don't think a lot of people realize that they were on, they went road road home. Um, they go up against a porous Dallas team that struggles on offense. Um, Arizona has weapons, so you get a young blood out there. Um, obviously, I love Sam Bradford, Boomer Sooner, um, but not the guy for this spot. Rosen, I mean, I just go back to last year. You watch him sling it um, down like 100 at half, and he comes back and wins the game. So he's going to be fired up and ready to go. This isn't the Seattle, you know, doomsday defense that we saw in, in the mid-2000s. So I actually like Arizona to win outright um, on at home. New blood. David Johnson has a huge game. He'll be my play of the week in DraftKings. Um, Ooh, finally, okay. under the seventh. Yeah, he's in the six thousands, which is a it just which for the season it makes it. Um, I wouldn't shy away from the over either if I was going to lean that way. But my my dog of the week is the Cardinals at home plus one fifty three. I love it. Okay, I love this. Uh, I'm going to put a note in that, and I may may uh, may end up adding that as well. I bet the over in the uh, Raiders Browns game. Uh, I'm capping this 26-24. I'm looking for about 50 points. The over-under was about 44.5 or 45. I ended up over 45 at plus 100 here. Uh, I'm, again, kind of going back to the well here. This Raiders defense is not good. They fall apart towards the end of games. Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, 10 days to prepare. Boomer! He's going to score. He's going to score some points. Uh, I like uh, Browns are, you know, they're frisky as a three-point road dog here. Uh, But the Raiders at 0-3 desperately need a win, uh, playing on the dirt. Um, so I couldn't really talk myself into backing the Browns. So I'm just going to go over 45 and, and watch the, watch the Raiders thin defense crumble in the second half. Uh, Andy, you going to take a side in this? Yeah. And not a posted play from last week and also not a smart play, but basically if, if you want to count all my football players are one unit, so I bet six units on, uh, Miami second half because I was <laughs> at the game about you know I was I had, I'd had some beers and I I think that's gonna kind of be a recurring theme with uh, Oakland somebody somebody had even said like Oakland first half Cleveland second half I definitely see that Cleveland if Cleveland uh, gets it's just gonna be like the Rosen game I I guess I was gonna say on that too with Mayfield and Rosen getting getting a full week of prep with the offenses, I think that's going to be highly beneficial. And definitely if Oakland does anything in the first half again, maybe not to the extent of last week, but I would not be afraid to fade Oakland in the second half. They are hot garbage. Don't make any adjustments apparently. And they're, they're so bad at the end of the game. So yeah, uh, Cleveland second half, Cleveland fourth quarter, Cleveland, anything late. And yeah, uh, it, it does seem like maybe a, a little bit of a letdown game after they get their first win in forever. But uh, uh, I mean, ideally, Oakland's up by a touchdown or two at, at half, and I can just pound Cleveland. I like it. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the real deal. Uh, Gup, <laughs> is he ever going to lose? Is he ever going to lose? Yeah, not, not anytime, not this week. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, I, I'm eyeing a little uh, all dog money line parlay. Um, that I may release, and I only released one last year, and it was a five teamer, and it actually hit. Oh, um, this is now it we're was talking. a major hit. Now we're talking. Yeah, it was a it was a major hit. Um, had a ton of people laughing at me when I released it, so I screenshotted them just in case. And uh, <laughs> when it hit, uh, it was. A, but uh, Cle- Cleveland wins this game. Um, okay. Baker. Not, not only is he. 
that good. He is. Um, he, he's no. He's not too far off from Mahomes. If not better overall, he just hadn't doesn't have the skill players that Mahomes has. And that's not the homer talking to me. Mahomes has been great, but um, you what he brings inside a locker room, and I have the privilege of being you know around that program and. Um, he, he's a difference maker and you saw in the second half last week with what the motivation those guys came with. And I know like Calhurt and them are, are questioning this spot and everybody's hyped up. Um, but it, it's really not, I, I just go back to the Willies and Joes here. And I, I think Cleveland who has More played team, yes. yeah, they, they, they played the saints, they played the Steelers and their defense is damn good. And so you give me two and a half on the road, with, with the Baker, um, and the D's going to keep him in the game, and that's the key here. It's not how great Baker is that I think the defense will give him enough at-bats that he'll make stuff happen, and they win the ball game. Ooh, I like this. Okay. Well, let's hope for uh, Oakland to get out to a little bit of a hot start and Cleveland just comes storming back and, and get the win cash the second half and get the team to get the, get the total over 45. Um, that's going to be fun. Can't wait for this weekend. I, I can't believe I'm excited for a Browns game. <laughs> this is the yeah. greatest. Um, make, makes, make Sunday ticket worth it for me. Cause no way that'd be on TV. Otherwise, no, no chance. Zero, zero point zero. Um, let's talk about Niners chargers for a hot second. Niners, obviously in a terrible, terrible situation, losing Jimmy G for the season, CJ Beathard coming in, uh, going on the road against the chargers granted, not a ton of home field advantage there, but the chargers desperately looking to get right after a slow start to the season. Um, I couldn't find an angle in this one. I don't really, you know, blame anyone for backing Chargers team total over. Maybe I know that's a look Andy looks at. What do you think? I do like that total. I was just going to say they've scored in bunches. They're going to get the ball back a lot. I'd see beat. I'm, I'm capping beat hard to throw a couple picks, maybe some turnovers. I think uh, Rivers has the ball in his hands a lot. I'm not even afraid of the minus 10. I think this is a giant drop off. Garoppolo was playing well and beat hard, Bethard, whatever we want to call him. <laughs> it, it's a big drop. I mean, a four to six point drop when you lose a quarterback that was playing well and go to, you know, uh, an old school Big Ten quarterback like this. I think uh, Chargers win going away. I did grab some minus 10. And yeah, that team total is going to look tempting at about 20. What are we thinking? Probably 28, 29. Yeah, right in that range. Yep. Yeah, this this just screams like the, the Chargers are going to score a bunch of points because they have against better defenses. Good point. Um, Gup, uh, Niners making it into your money line, Lay? No, probably not. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you know they, they have an implied team implied team total of around eighteen. Um, I I I would lean under pretty strongly here okay. on the game if I was going to do anything. And I love Mil- uh, Gordon as a DraftKings play this week. That's about it. Ooh, I love it. Uh, let's talk Saints Giants real quick. Uh, we're right r- rifling through these. Again, I couldn't find a play here. I capped this right on the total at 50. Um, I got the Saints winning by four, 27 23. Uh, the fact that it's outside, the fact that it's in the Meadowlands, the fact that Drew Brees plays less well on the road are all factors I considered. And I still couldn't talk myself into backing the under here. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is a weird one. Saints kind of got right 
uh, in a hurry, scoring 43 and getting points every time they needed it against the uh, Falcons. The Saints offense is playing out of this world. It's tough to say, you know, you, you can look at the metrics, you can scratch your head, but what the Saints, Chiefs, and Rams are doing on offense so far this season is out of this world. Uh, and, uh, you know, nothing would surprise me from a 40 to nothing blowout to, you know, a 21-21 kind of game here because, you know, there's so many so many uh, variables. Um, you got an angle here on uh, on the uh, side or total, Guth? Uh, this is a game where I try to do the reverse number deal, and I go, okay, so the Vegas is telling me the Giants are a nine-point road dog at the saints and, and I don't know if I could lay nine with the saints at home. Um, two weeks ago, this, this line probably looks like saints minus four and a half. I agree with that. Shoot. We lost cup again. Andy, how do you approach this one? You still got me. I don't, I think New York got their offense, right? They do have a decent offense. I think Shermer being an offensive guy is, it was never in doubt. It was going to improve. They have the weapons even with an aging noodle arm piece of shit quarterback, I think the total is probably about right. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of like New York as a bit of a live dog here because it's a real plug your nose, take a team who hasn't looked real great most of the year against, uh, uh, against, you know, Drew Brees was able to do it against a beat up defense in the fast track, but you go up to the Meadowlands, uh, this will be kind of interesting to see what the weather's going to look like up there. Because if, if there's any weather involved in all, I'd be definitely backing. Ugh, I'm going to say back the Giants and Eli. <laughs> um, Saints defense. Especially if, if, if Saints money Maybe, comes in yeah. too and it, it gets up, you know, if it gets up to four, four and a half again, and with some Saints money showing, I would definitely look at the, look at the Giants. Okay. Well, let's talk about the primetime game. It's a good one. Uh, we saw the uh, we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers in primetime last week uh, get a win that was not well deserved. Uh, I saw a lot of people celebrating Pittsburgh winning that game. I was on the side as well. I was happy, uh, but that was kind of a fraudulent win if I'd ever seen one. It took incredible fumble luck. It took some tipped picks. It took some incredible flag luck uh, to get them home against Tampa Bay last week, uh, which puts them in a precarious situation, I feel, hosting the uh, division rival Baltimore Ravens, who have weapons this year. They have a sharper Flacco. They Flacco took care of business against the Broncos at home last week. Granted, it was a terrible spot for the Broncos. Flacco now goes down to Pittsburgh, where they've played well against this defense in years past. Um, there is a little bit of line value missing here. We were expecting to see pit minus six. It actually opened up pit minus three and a half. Uh, so in, you're just line value shopping. It's probably with Pittsburgh. Uh, but this defense is not good. They only only got the job done last week because of turnovers and flag luck, in my opinion. And uh, if the Baltimore Ravens can play a cleaner game, I think they get their first division win uh, and move into first place in the AFC North. Uh, When's Andy? the last time you've seen a Baltimore-Pittsburgh game lined with a total this high? Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen one in my betting years. What about you? I'm back, just in case you're 50. wondering. Ah, hey. <laughs> oh, there you go. What's yeah, up? I mean, this used to be such a just black and blue, grinded out, you know, AFC North defensive battle where you'd see some low 40s maybe even lower totals. I'd have to go look. It'd be interesting to see some of that historical numbers, but boy, yeah, the, 
the offenses are clicking and the defenses are, you know, in, in the case of Pittsburgh, they're just not good. And then in the case of Baltimore, they've got suspensions and injuries. So this is a high ass total. It's kind of wild seeing that I do want to lean Baltimore, but, uh, I, I don't love some of the, you know, the Mosley and Jimmy Smith. That's that's tough. I feel like 50 might even be low. This could be an over game. I'm going to bet over 50 in a Baltimore-Pittsburgh game feels kind of silly. but Crazy. Is, uh, I know. I had to talk myself out of the under. I had to talk myself off of the under in this one. I think that's probably the right side. Uh, but uh, I wanted Baltimore more, to be honest. I like Baltimore in this spot. I like them to score points against this uh, Pittsburgh team. I should have backed them on the money line, but I wussed out and took plus three. Uh, Gup, does uh, Baltimore money line make it into your dog lay? No, I, I well, oh, not yet. It, it, it's a, it's a pencil mark, but I do I, my pl- one of my plays I have in there is I, I like the first half under twenty six. I like Ooh. this to start as a little okay. bit of a chess match. Um, you know, typical, like you guys just talked about, what was a, a you know, Bangham type game. And so I definitely would like the under in the first half. Maybe they get going after some adjustments, but if I was going to play right now, that's that would be my play for, for the Sunday night game. I like it. Uh, CJ Mosley is day to day. He's back in practice. I really hope he's out there. He's only dealing with the bone bruise. That's a huge difference maker. Uh, maybe wait and see uh, on confirmation before betting. Uh, Baltimore, if you're like me and you like the Ravens, the Rave Dogs on the road here. Um, I'm capping this narrow win for Baltimore, 25-24, but I do I like that look. First half under 26. That's definitely going to make it on my card somehow. Um, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, should we wrap this up? This was a great pod. Great job, guys. Um, Gup, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for everything you do on Twitter, uh, informing the people. Uh, helping them understand how to handicap and play, uh, play the market in golf. Um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best and continued success. And uh, certainly know, pre- it, appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and enjoyed it with you guys, and would love to do it again. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, thank, thanks for fighting through the storms. There, we lost you a couple times. <laughs> you get uh, yeah. what, what's the name? What, what storm do we got down there right now? Oh hey, I, I saw it this morning. Tropical, whatever. Some kind of, it's weird here. I've never been. Dallas was a little different than Tulsa, but um, here you can. It can be nothing, and two seconds later, just pour for like five minutes, and then goes away. And so you kind of get some of that tropical sh- stuff coming in. So it's a weird getting used to it for sure. I love it. Well, thank you again for your time. Uh, check out uh, at I am. The Gup or I am Gup? I can't remember. The, the Gup. Yep. I am the Gup. And uh, Gup's Corner and Gup'sCorner.com. Uh, lots of resources for you out there, especially if you're like, I've always loved watching golf. I want to get into betting it. I need to understand some of the basics. You know, this, this, you know, you will not be disappointed. Uh, and uh, I'm, you know, it's, uh, it's, I feel pretty honored to have you on the pod, to be honest. So thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll reach out to you again in the future when we have interesting stuff for you. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Have a good night. Best luck this week, Andy.